Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast, and I'm with a professional podcaster today, which is rare for me. I think in 150 episodes, I don't know if I've had a professional podcaster on before. So Mike Wagner from the Mike Wagner Show from the 701 area code, which means I think North Dakota. Isn't that right, Mike? That's correct. Yeah. And we're about, uh, we live outside Bismarck and we're 250 miles south of the Canadian border. Very friendly people, but watch out when we go further north. Watch out for the hockey pucks coming in from Canada. Otherwise, very friendly people. <laughs> That's right. Well, Mike, it's fun to have you here today. I normally don't broadcast live on Facebook today because I figured we're with a professional. Hey, what can go wrong? <laughs> well, what can go wrong is that you all the technical bugs, you got the gizmos, and you can blame this advanced technology. You, you download a patch, update, whatever else. And of course, yeah. you know, they, they say that smartphones will make you smart. But then it's just like, you know, it does the opposite. And somebody asked me a question the other day. I said, would you go back to a certain area in, in where an office is? Sure, around the 40s or 50s, you had just a desk. You had, you had a rotary phone. You had a lamp. You had a pen and paper. You also had a typewriter. And you also had like a little file tray. And you also had a perkler with a little cup of coffee. So it's like, and you had a table radio. And I'd be glad to do that nowadays. And uh have a newspaper right by it. So I'd be glad to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I think we're live. We'll see what comes in on the chat. Um, I, it started playing and I could hear myself. So we're already having the technical things we talked about. So that's okay. We'll see what happens. Um, let's get into it, Mike. I, the first question I really like to ask is for our audience to get to know you is tell us about when you were younger. Like what was your passion when you were young, some of your first memories, you know, what comes to mind? I think some of the things that first came to mind, y'all, being born in Milwaukee and uh, living in Racine for nine years before moving to um, outside Chicago in 1973, this gives you an idea of how old I am, is the fact that I would, um, you know, just carry a radio with me and then I would just, um, you know, listen to all these um, AM stations uh, to see how far I can get. And at nighttime, when I'm supposed to be sleeping, I would just like to see what station I can get. It's like, yeah, I, I picked up stations in Detroit, St. Louis, Minneapolis, and Kansas City, San Antonio, Oklahoma City. 
And I also picked up Denver and um, New York, Boston, listen to Boston Bruins. And then I picked up a top 40 station, which was better than ours in Little Rock, Arkansas, of all places. So I picked up some of that and I was a big um, sports kid, you know, being in Wisconsin, of course, um, my, my, my folks love football, Green Bay Packer fans. So it's like, and I was told that they put a transistor radio in my crib and they put on Toby DMJ, you know, listen to the Packers and trying to get the sleep. So that's how it came about. Well, that's a small world because my grandmother was in Milwaukee. I was born in Madison, but the real small world is that my aunt and uncle with their two kids lived in Racine. Oh, that's a very small town. And it would have been around that time. I was born in 73. My cousin Mm -hmm. would have been eight at that time living in Racine. Uh, Gary and Sandra Burmeister, if you know that name, it's had to have been a small oh, town at the time. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I think, I think the small towns, maybe like 50, 70,000 or okay, something. Okay. Like so it's not like 50 or anything like that. Co- correct. Yeah. And of course the name might be familiar, but, um, I, we did live on, uh, Ohio street and, and with a couple of, um, duplexes. And then I think go down Washington, there was a turnstile there and there was also, um, a, a Pied Piper restaurant, great pancakes, the best on the planet. You also had a uh, Danish uh, paste. They had a thing called the Kringle, which is like a Danish, but it's like, it's shaped in oval, you know, sprinkle almonds and have a little filling on it. And I mean, oh God, it was delicious. Wow. It's like, so sports, listening to AM radio, how does that tie into what you've done in your career and, and what you're doing now? I, I think there's a very close tie, it sounds like. I well, originally, um, I was going to be a sportscaster and a play-by-play guy. You know, I just take a little, um, like take a wooden spoon, for example, and then I just have a newspaper with me and I'd be watching, uh, the Cubs on, um, WGN, turn down the TV, especially when they're playing the Dodgers at night in Los Angeles, I'd be doing play-by-play, you know, pretend to do so. And then my, my mom and dad would look at me and it's just like, you know, is it time for you to go to bed? And, and I give them a look at, it's like, no, I'm doing some practicing. So who gets to go to bed? They did. That was like my first act of rebellion. It's like, you're the ones that should go to bed. I'm, I'm here to practice a career. And, and also um, just play a little music too. It's just like, you know, my dad brought home some um, records from, uh, from like Goodwill and um, Salvation Army, like 45s that nobody ever listens to. I think like a nickel, dime or something like that. And we just take the records. I just flip them over, watch them spin and everything like that. So, and I also read the newspaper out loud and, you know, I just picked up a natural instinct of what's going on in the world and what's going on just about everywhere. I mean, so you didn't do the sports casting then you didn't, you didn't get the play-by-play opportunity. Well, I, I, I did some of that, but then I also realized that there are a lot of people who are ahead of me. I turned to music, you know, just to have another outlet, did news and some other writing and everything else. And I realized I get better at music, but then I also have a, a really good sports chat and I can chat sports with just about anybody these days. And then, you know, since we're getting back to normal with the pandemic and the season back to normal, you know, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and all that. Now I can get back to normal talking, um, you know, whatever sports and then not find and not find out. Okay. Is this going to be playing? When's that going to be playing? What season are we in? I mean, we had so much confusion. It's like, I got lost in trying to figure out what's going on in the sports bike. I'm like, are the Cubs playing today? Blackhawks are playing already. Oh my gosh. Like what sport are we in? (laughs) Well, it's interesting because my mom's cousin who just passed and they had his uh, funeral about a month ago in South Dakota 
was mm-hmm. a pretty famous uh, broadcaster in that area for, for many of the sports teams, basketball, baseball. And uh, I guess my parents got off the plane. They, they went to get their car at the car rental. And even the car rental people were like, oh, yeah, what are you in town for? I'm here, Charles Rich. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know Charles Rich. Yeah, we knew him. Uh, so he was a pretty famous guy uh, out, out there in the, in the other state next door to you. So mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Well, it, so, tell me about, you know, what everybody faces some challenges in their life. And is there something that you're comfortable sharing a challenge that just felt huge at the time, but now looking back, you, you, you made it through and, and how were you able to make it through? I like to share that with our audience because probably many of them are facing challenges of their own right now. I, I think the biggest challenge right now, this is happening to a lot of people and especially hit me hard as well too with the pandemic that um, we're, my wife and I were in Bismarck and uh, having a nice dinner and I got a, and I got a text and I got a call saying, um, you know, hey, what's up and everything else. And my phone wasn't working. I'm like, hello, hello. And then I, I run to the station. It's like, what's wrong? He goes, it's like, what the hell is the matter with your phone? It's like, I really don't know. It wasn't working. And then I got the news that, um, that the iHeart pretty much had, um, you know, went into um, a, a furlough or something like that, where they laid off so many people. And I lost my uh, local weekend, um, you know, radio gig and uh, playing music and entertain the fans. And so did many other people. And also the same time, I also worked a couple of part-time jobs and they got shut down to COVID. And luckily, you know, full-time work, you know, still kept going, but somehow, but one of the challenges I faced is, okay, how do you make that up? without compromising and with the Mike Widener show, I started in um, you know, August, 2018, the fact that I wanted to supplement something by doing interviews, which I was actually scared of doing, you know, for quite a long time where I just turn them away. No, 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 no. Cause I've had a couple of bad experiences, but then after practicing through before launching it, it was just like talking to a friend and um, you know, find out who they are, what they're about, what they like doing and everything. It's just like, you know, having a casual conversation over a cup of coffee. And that's what it turned out to be. So I well, think it's just cheers out to, be to that. I've got my veil <laughs> mug right here. Unfortunately, the coffee's a little chilled by this time of day. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't veil always chilly or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Well, that that's a good share because I think you're right. A lot of people do have to rebound and there's some new and interesting things going on out there, right? Like, Hey, if you want to come back to work as a federal employee, you must be vaccinated. Or if you want to go to a baseball game or, you know, there's so many changes in the world that I think people are going to get into a situation where they have to reinvent. What, Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give? Because you started as a part-time gig in 2018. Um, Any advice you would give on how could people find what that alternative track for their for their career could be. I would just simply have to say, do lots of research, 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 and uh, really look inside yourself. What can you do? What can you improve on? And what are you willing to learn? And of course, you know, you also do a little skill set at times too. It's like, you know, analyze your skill set. What are you good at? What do you need work on? Or what you just um, plain can't do? You just take an inventory, or you also talk it over and or get with a counselor. And um, you also figure out that what else can you do, you know, to really expand yourself. I think people just need not just to reinvent, also to expand, you mm-hmm. know, what else can they do? Or it can be totally different, 
Oregon just maybe like make a multi-career. And I've seen some people too that they get laid off at jobs. They work like 20, 30, 40 years and they don't know what to do. And they'll take like little things they can do, like say mow lawns, paint houses, um, fix the plumbing or, you know, lay down carpet or whatever, or even some other tasks, like say, you know, help people file taxes, prepare tax returns or do their payroll or, you know, do some business consulting, write proposals or whatever, or maybe like with um, work in the garden or, you know, just little things. And they take all that and form as in an enterprise. So they can be like consultants and they can say, hey, this is what I can do to help. This is what I can do to improve. Taking classes doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt. So, I mean, you have to get out there and be willing to learn. And of course, it, it may take a while for those who've been really set for so many years. I would say be open to learning and be open to learning a new skill. You never know. You might you get excellent know. at it. Yeah, yes. That's right. <laughs> well, so you've but you've been doing the Mike Wagner show for a while. I how many guests have you had on or thereabouts? Well, I I was I was keeping like sort of a track, but then I lost after a while. And of course, you know, thanks to the um podcast platforms, you know, I had Spreaker, I had Anchor and YouTube, and I uh look it up and I found out it was like over 800. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> 800. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, is this wow. number accurate? So tell me what, you know, whenever I go to a new city and I get an Uber or 10 years ago, it used to be a taxi. And I always ask, Hey, what's the most interesting person you've had in your Uber? Um, so same question goes here, right? 800 guests or more. Is there, is there one or two interesting stories that you can share of something that maybe some one of your guests went through something that was like, how in the world did they get through that? Or something that's shocking or whatever's interesting to you to share with our audience? I, I, I think some people pretty much, um, you know, love to hear about inspirational stories and how they overcame things. But I think one of the funnier ones was um, if you ever seen Major League, you know, back in 89, you know, had Corbin Benson and then he had... Um, was it, uh, who is it, Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, or one of the, the Sheens in there? Or is it um, Emilio Estevez? It was one of them. It was a baseball movie. And um, Willie Muller, who played the Duke, and uh, he was, like, throwing at his kid, you know, just hurling, you know, fastballs at their head and whatever else. And <laughs> I had him on the show, and he said it was just one of the best experiences we had. And he and he played, um, a, a, you know, for one season for Milwaukee Brewers and told me about uh, – how he got that one win just came in and, um, you know, just walk, was it walked a guy or he just, um, got a guy to pop out one pitch. And that was like the only time he got a win, but he was on the, he was on there and he told me about Corbin Benson and how he was like, you know, he'll give me this, give me that dust my chair. And he just had all kinds of stories about major league and he just loved being in it. And then, and I think I also had, um, another guest at Jim Peterick from, um, yeah, it's a March. And uh, he also wrote songs for Survivor 38 special and, um, you know, just a uh, great background about uh, how he got started. Like his, his dad was in music and, and, and everything else. And then I had Leland Sklar. He's a famous uh, bass player, did over, um, you know, 2000 artists, nobly for Phil Collins, Toto, James Taylor. And he just shared some great stories and just, you know, improvised a lot of things. And, um, you know, I would just simply have to say the fact that, you, you, you really have, you have to be interested in hearing their story, how they got there and how they can inspire people. So my goal is to get them to tell their story 
and how they can inspire others. But you know, other than that, you know, if I've had some really funny people, I just love that's wow. neat. Yeah. I love that. So there must be for you to go th- to do that many episodes, there's something that keeps you going, right? I'm a hundred in on my business podcast and 50 in on this podcast. And, and, you know, every day I wake up and there's three or four new episodes scheduled because I've got an automation that helps me schedule the episodes. Oh, nice. And it's great, you know, and, and I keep thinking, I wonder if I'm ever going to wake up and say, huh, is this fun anymore? But I don't think so. I really enjoy it. What do you think it is about getting inside people's heads and figuring them out and, and helping them tell your story? What do you love about that? How'd you get to that? I, I think what I, what I love about the fact is that I love to get people to, um, you know, share their story, their experiences. In fact, I learned some things about people, too, which apply to my life or I can say, hey, I can relate and, and, and whatever else. And then I've had some people who, um, you know, talk about their health and, um, you know, or like, you know, they, they cook a different way. I've had people who are like on keto diets. And and I think there was also um, I'm trying to think of the. Um, other diet i can't think right now but um the fasting had, one where you where you don't eat uh intermittent fasting is a big popular one these days yes that's right and in fact i had a guest on there too dr garley charlotte which um i apply to myself as well too it's called the 18 hour diet where it's like you only have coffee for breakfast because um you almost know, doctors um don't eat breakfast because they have to have surgery and they gotta really concentrate and of course you're dealing with um the body, surgery, and whatever else. And of course, you drink coffee. Then you have um, your breakfast or your lunch like at noon. And then you um, you nibble a little bit or you don't eat for eight hours. And then you have a dinner at eight o'clock. And I thought, this works perfect because I got a schedule where it's like, I, I'll, I'll wrap up till late. So, you know, I just have that. This actually worked. And and I've had um, you know, people that love the grill, love to cook and I had, a, I had some people on there that, um, you know, they're celebrity chefs, but they also talk about uh, how they can help others, like, you know, be a personal chef or have food delivered or make a meal and um, send it to the uh, other side of the United States. And they create a business. I had a guy who um, created his own spices, which is just fantastic. And a lady on there, Just Jans, it's like all kinds of preservatives. And I think my favorite was uh, apricot pepper. It's like, <laughs> I loved it. Yes. You know, and that I- we just got back from Telluride, Colorado, and there's a mm-hmm. place called The Tunnel. And it's in an unassuming building that uh, it's kind of like a speakeasy where you go up to the door, you knock, and you have to have the password to get in if you've ever heard of oh. those kinds of places. Oh, wow. I remember that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So oh it's really gosh. neat because they had those kinds of, meals it was a six course meal and they have those kind of things you know they're usually very small but very tasty and the the chef would come out and they would actually have you ring a gong when the chef would come out so they said chef isaiah boom and you ring the gong and then he announces all of the ingredients and it's like (laughs) how do you fit 14 ingredients into something that's the size of your thumbnail (laughs) oh my god i bet she's probably like this yeah. Yes. I mean, he was so good and he's the understudy. And it turns out the other guy who drove us on a four wheel drive trail was the other understudy. He wasn't working. Wow. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> Very small town there in Telluride, I suppose. Oh um, my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was, I was going to say something about a speakeasy as well too. Cause I did some mission work for a few days in Carroll, Illinois. I went to school at um, Southern Illinois and um spend a few days down there and uh, we wrapped up our work by going to speakeasy where it's like you just come on in 
no music, no jukebox, no TV, no games, no nothing. It was just a bar, bunch of tables, and you sat around and you drink, and that was it. Right. And I was with a, and, and I was with a bunch of uh, priests over there, and some laymen, clergymen, and um, deacons, and um, they're all just um, you know passing around and having this, and they said. I'll pay for it. No, I'll pay for it. No, I'll pay for it. And they always get in a fist fight over who <laughs> wants to pay. Not saying you're going to pay for it. They get fist fight and say, I'm paying for this. No, I'm paying for this. They're like, leave me out, guys. Right. And I, you're I, like, I just how did I, how can I get involved in more of these opportunities? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, so next question is, if you could wave the proverbial magic wand and everything changed for you in life, what would that look like? Like what, what would be amazing? Uh, if, if I wave the magic wand, oh boy, that's a good question. I would probably just simply say, or I just, you know, take a finger and I just say, um, Hey, um, make it a radio station or, you know, you know, get me some food or whatever it is, or, you know, say, get me some coffee or something. Or I, I would just simply just try to say the fact that, um, wave a magic wand and, um, you know, just get people to be, um, you know, more in tune to what's going on, be more positive. So I think we need more positivity in life out there because the reason why I started the Mike Wagner show, too much negativity out there in the media, you know, too many wannabes, they bash people. Yes, so it's like, yes, I want yes. people to be like more positive, more creative, more encouraging. And, um, you know, don't be too frightened over what's happening. It's like, you know, these things shall pass. And um, yeah, I mean, you need more laughter, you need more humor. And, um, you know, I, I mean, personally, this may uh, start a firestorm, but throw political correctness out the window. I mean, Mel Brooks complained about the other day and he said that political correctness is killing comedy. So it's like, you know, throw that out and just let people make fun, fun of themselves and um, appreciate people. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I, I heard that a lot throughout last year uh, in the election campaign was, hey, the media is the is the number one enemy of the state even. And that's a pretty that's a pretty big Ooh. phrase. But when you see it transpiring and, you know, it, it goes on both sides and uh, mm -hmm. and it's a tough problem to solve. Right. Because there's the thing called free speech. Right. And yet, you know, it, it's a, so it's an interesting time we live in, but I agree with you more mm -hmm. fun in the world. We need to smile more. We need to love more. And ultimately to me, a lot of it comes back to our belief systems. And, you know, there was a, there was a book called the Bible written many thousands of years ago, and it may be time for more people to, uh, to lean into that literature. In I, I, and also too, when it comes to Bible as well too, and it goes back to um, what you can eat, what you cannot eat, and um, you know how to look for a mate, and also um, you know regarding laws, you know it comes to the Book of Romans, like you know you know what happens if uh, you trespass, or handling money, or like seeing you know, how to build things, or treating animals, you know things like that, how to raise your children, or just um, you know getting like advice from like. Um, proverbs or if you want some music you know the book of psalms and um also you know you know the gospels from you know matthew mark luke and john and what they've heard and um di different accounts so so basically it's not just living history it's also like you know an instruction manual okay what do i do <laughs> look it up there you go yeah well have you seen the the show that's an app called the chosen uh no i haven't but um i'll get 
it's so F- good two seasons and it's it's very a lot of the bible shows you know you kind of start to watch the first 10 minutes and you go huh i'd rather be playing golf <laughs> it's just hard to you know it's hard to really lean in on them but this oh, one's yeah. so well done that they reenact these scenes and it's you you can't put down the remote i mean you i, I watched four <laughs> episodes at a time to the point where we were through two seasons in three or four days wow uh, so yeah you talk about lessons there one of you know just the, the fish when he's out there on the boat i think it's simon that's going fishing and he mm-hmm. gets all the other boys to come out and says hey come on out let's go fishing and you know the wife i think sent all the all the other guys out and they fish all night and finally they're on the shore and there's this guy preaching to a group of 50 people and he walks over and he's like hey you know what's going on here and he's like, hey, just do me, humor me, like cast that net out one more time. And the, the boat's sitting on the shore. I mean, you've lived near Lake Michigan before. Imagine mm-hmm. a boat sitting on the shore, right? You're not going to catch thousand fish on the shore. So he goes, okay, fine, Jesus, I'll cast it out. So he casts the net out. And all of a sudden you see the boat start pulling down. And oh, you just, you yeah. You have to imagine, <laughs> why would someone fake that? They would not right? Like there's so many people who were there to witness that, that that's real. And what's interesting is in today's day and age, I think we've lost sight of that. It was so far removed from us that we go, oh, that could never be real or the flood, you know, and Noah and the flood. Oh, oh, that could never have happened. But it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of course, people will say fake news, fake news, fake news. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's there's an important one today. We just literally launched the app. Seventy seven pray went live today. The very first prayer request that came in was for a guy named Noah. And I've been having <laughs> dreams about Noah for a year to the point where I flew to Kentucky and saw Noah's Ark. I'm like, all right, God, I'm I'm here to see Noah's Ark. What what's this all about? Well, no, it turns out. The kid Noah today, he's 22. He's written some song. He's an aspiring uh, singer wow. and musician. And, and he came down with the, with the bug, pneumonia. And, uh, and so now he's in need of prayer and a miracle, right? Like the fish jumping in the boat, that's what he needs. Because mm-hmm. heart condition and having gone through that with my son, where he faced burns on his face and hands, and we prayed about it, and he was healed. I'm now believing that, hey, anything's possible. And before I probably would have thought, well, you know, you pray and it might work, but it works. So I'm, uh, I'm optimistic that the app came out just in time and we can have, you know, a lot of people praying for this kid, Noah. So, mm-hmm. And of course, thank, thanks to social media as well, too, that um, prayer c- comes from all over, even with uh, individuals carrying um smartphones, Androids, tablets, laptops, and um, their Fitbits. And, um, and of course, I did a thing where it's like, you know, you remember Dick Tracy having his uh, Dick Tracy Rich watch back in the cartoons and everything? Uh-huh. Well, it, it's become more reality. It's like you have everything at your wristwatch. Now I got everything on your wristwatch with the, the Fitbit, you know, your heart rate and um, yeah, how it's you're all doing there. Health. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, you can even do prayer from your uh, your modern day Dick Tracy wristwatch. You know, maybe they never had that back then or maybe a minute, but I can imagine, you know, saying a prayer through Dick Tracy wristwatch. Like, 
work, please, will you? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, we're um, we're definitely praying for Noah, and and we're gonna get a lot of people on that bandwagon pretty quick. Um, if you could go back and you could tell your twenty year old self something, what would you tell yourself? I would I would probably say myself, it's like. Why didn't you go for this opportunity when you get a chance or why are you afraid to take chances and, um, you know, don't worry too much about this. You got an opportunity. I would have to say out there, like for all the, um, you know, 20 something out there, when, when you're given an opportunity, run with it. I mean, opportunities don't come very often. It's like, you know, you can seek it out, but some people seek the wrong reasons. When someone gives you like an opportunity, take it or someone take a chance. You. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And right. there's so many tools these days that you can take online that match your skills to the right job. And so, you know, knowing that you're an engineer or a leader or a salesperson kind of getting in tune with that lane is also more easily done than it probably was 30, 40 years ago. Right. Back mm -hmm. then your parents would just tell you, go get a job and work at the mill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it's just like, you know, um, learn a trade and, um, you know, work 40 years for a company and um, everything like that. Nowadays, it's like working 40 years at a job is pretty much archaic. It's like, you know, there's constant turnaround like crazy. And uh, people are always looking for new challenges. So, yeah. you know, I've seen some people out there nowadays, like they work so many jobs, they kind of form a little enterprise. And um, one, one good example I see is that you know, I, I talked to a guy who used to play football. He, he went from like team to team to team. He goes, I don't play for a certain team. I play for the NFL. And I said, good point. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. All right. Last question. You've kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, and that is what role does faith play in your journey and your life? I, I, I think, you know, have, having, um, you know, faith as well, too, that just guides you through a tough times. And, um, you know, especially with the uh, pandemic where I lost, um, you know, some jobs, that, but some got picked up along the way. And, um, you know, God was just simply saying the fact that, um, hey, I've got something better for you and, and relax and whatever else. And um, and I also had, um, you know, a couple of our children, you know, you know, die in one in 91. His name was Brian, born um you know, with uh, all kinds of multiple defects, everything was pushed up to here, you know, died from a hernia. And after three and a half weeks, he uh, ended up um, going, going to heaven. And then my, my daughter could have been um, Maggie miscarried in 93. And we were ready to uh, go, go to a comedy club, go to a hotel afterwards, have dinner. And all of a sudden my wife was shopping for dresses uh, at Sears, suffered a miscarriage, blood all over. I got the word, ran over the hospital and everything. And then took that money I was going to save for a big night or a 13 inch TV and rested for, um, you know, a couple of months, but then we ended up having like four healthy children. So I think it's just the fact that, um, you know, so many things that, um, you know, get in the way, throw a curveball, but you know, people should look at this way that there's always something better. It's like curveballs. Yeah. Pave the way for a better road for you. Yeah. One of my mom, my mom has a sister and a brother. And my grandmother, I, I'd never heard the story of the miscarriage until just not 
five, six years ago, right? Before my wow. grandma went to heaven. And I'm interviewing my grandma on, on a VHS tape or something, or, you know, one of those <laughs> kind of old school. Oh ones. yeah. The VHS. Yeah. That's <laughs> <a> classic. <laughs> so I'm, I'm filming it. Now, maybe, maybe I had an iPhone by then, but I'm filming the thing. And, and she tells me about that. And she, and she was like, you know what? I was depressed for like a year. And she said, if I would have given up, then your mom doesn't exist and you don't exist. And that means my kids wow. don't exist. And so when she put it in that perspective, and it was my grandfather that kept her along the path and said, hey, we believe, like we have faith. We're going to get through everything. Everything's going to be okay. And then boom, my mom's born. And then my mom's sister and my mom's brother. And it was wow. like, hey, yeah, those, you know, just like, you know, you, you, it's unfortunate and you know their names and God knows their names. But to your point, you had four healthy children. So if someone's listening to this and they go through a miscarriage or they go through move onwards, because it's your duty to make sure that the next generation and the next generation in that, uh, right. Continues. So that's awesome. Thank you for so much for sharing that. That was really cool. It was a, it was really a tough thing to do, but uh, there's people out there who suffer miscarriages, they divorce and whatever else, or, you know, lose a loved one, but it's like, it's important to stay together and you do it for a very good reason. So I think people should really, really, um, you know, have your reason why, or what is your why? So I think people need to more, more know about that instead of jumping ship quickly. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mike Wagner from the Mike Wagner show. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm, I'm happy that your business has rebounded. Um, it sounds like, hey, if anybody's listening and they know someone who puts on, you know, national radio shows, I bet the Mike Wagner show would do pretty well as a national radio syndicate. So, uh, well, well, I'll tell you, I'm actually on over 30 podcast platforms, Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, also Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music, coming soon to Podbean, Buzzsprout, Pandora, TuneIn, Heard Worldwide, Geo7, Radio Public, Himalayan, the YouTube channel, and uh, take the Mike Wagner Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Wagner Show on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as well as um. Facebook as well, too. So we're all over the place. That's amazing. See, I didn't even know that 28 of the 30 you just listed existed. So that's pretty cool that you're well, actually all over I, the place. I, I, I didn't ask them to add on. They added me on and I didn't even know about it. It's like, oh, you added me. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Mike from Mike Wagner show. Thank you so much for sharing your journey uh, with us and our listeners. And I, I really appreciate you being on today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you as well too, Chad. You are truly amazing and we wish you all the best and we are praying for you. Thank you. Keep the prayers for Noah. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining Living a Better Story podcast. Uh, we'll catch you on the next show. Thanks. For thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, 
remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.